Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. And today we have a special episode. I'm joined by Andreas Wilkins and Brad Dean from LivePerson, and we're going to talk about this cool app they made called Agent App. And I'm also joined by the person voted most likely to take my podcast hosting job one day, Sweeky Sapathy. Sweeky, how are you? I'm so happy that you mentioned that in my intro. I, I mean, <laughs> I knew you said people wanted me back, but I didn't realize they wanted me to host. Um, Alex Blount, we need to talk. Um, <laughs> Put it on your connect. And that's what we yeah. have for Microsoft for, for our reviews. Put it on there, Suiki. Voted most likely to take my job. all right so uh, before we get too far into me and Sweeky just talking andreas um why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and please tell us a little bit about live person because this is just an interesting company and a very interesting app sure um hey my name is andreas wilkins and i'm very happy to be here thanks for the invitation i'm chief architect at live person and I'm, I'm working with the principal engineers on for the specific services. So um, the product we're having is called the conversational cloud, and it consists of, of a lot of different microservices for specific tasks. So um, I'm working with the with the engineers on the architectural side and um, on, on the innova- innovation side. Oh, very cool. I like I like the uh, conversational cloud. That sounds like a really interesting concept which we'll yeah. explore a little bit more. So, so Brad, before we get back into the conversational cloud, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Brad Dean. I'm a Xamarin developer, uh, SDE3 at LivePerson, and I'm responsible for um, writing code for this app. And Brad, we know we have a pretty cool story that we'll get to later in this podcast that really wowed both Sweeky and myself. Andreas, back to you. Let's talk a little bit about LivePerson. I know, especially about this agent app, but what it does specifically and how it really, like, now that we're kind of in the COVID age, how it helps out specifically with um, helping people out with, like, customer service, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Happy to do um, to give, in, give an overview. So, um a little bit back to the conversational cloud. So the conversational cloud is, is a platform which enables brand to communicate with their customers synchronously in a chat, you, you know, the typical web chat, and through messaging with this asynchronously, which is uh, WhatsApp, it's text messages, and, and some others. So what we have seen is, um, and it's not just, just a COVID thing. So it was, the path was kind of clear that conversations are going off the phone because customers are um we don't um companies don't want to keep the customers waiting online and and going through all these kind of voicemail systems and and menus so they can they can get in front of an agent which can be a bot agent with ai or a human agent if, if helpful just very very quickly through website or they can even resume the conversation if they're already in a a talk with the with, with an agent or representative and it could be for sales and could be for customer support so that, that's pretty flexible and um we're pretty proud to be a global leader in the conversational ai so i know it's another conversational thing so it's all about the conversations and what, what conversational ai basically means is we want <clears throat> to we're dealing with humans so we want to make sure that the the conversations are showing empathy 
And also we want to help the brands to professionally manage these conversations with, with bots, with self-learning bots, with intent analytics. So it's, it's a very, very interesting concept. I can go on and talk for hours, but I think we only have 40 minutes or so. So that's kind of a very high-level overview. And we're helping with this um, conversational AI um, brands such as Delta Airlines or HSBC, Chipotle. So there are very, very interesting use cases um, um, we can talk about. But back to the agent app. So what we have seen is that um, due to COVID, the the move, the shift from from the typical voice call center to to messaging was just accelerated. It would have happened anyway, um, but this accelerated the transition and it cemented it. So we're pretty sure, or we're pretty confident this is going to stay because it's a very, very good and proven model where the customer has a lot of benefits and also the the actual company. So it's, it's a really cool concept. So fast forward, what we have seen is um, in the traditional world, even the messaging agents were sitting in, in big contact centers on a PC, on a Mac, whatever, and, and answering the conversations. So now with um, COVID, there was a shift to send these agents home and work from home. So basically work from everywhere. To support this, we had to create an application in a pretty short time frame which allows nearly the same experience the same speed the same benefits on a mobile device on a phone or a tablet um, pretty quickly so um, that's what the agent app does it's basically a mobile workspace for customer support agent sales agent um, on the mobile device everywhere in their pockets that's that's it in a nutshell then Brad, let's transition over to you and actually talk about the app a little bit. Give me give me a real quick overview of what the app, what it might, how it might work, and what what you built it in. Of course, I, I'm I'm going to guess it's Xamarin Forms, but um, yeah, just give us a real quick view of what the app looks like. So it is Xamarin Forms, yeah, and uh, when you, it's uh, an agent facing app. So like Andrea says, it's it's conversational messages between agents and consumers. And this is the app that faces agents. So you log in and you immediately see a list of conversations that are ongoing. And then uh, as conversations come in, they immediately pop up and give you the option to answer them. And when the app's in the background, it'll give you push notifications saying, hey, you have a new conversation that you need to answer or this ongoing conversation has a new message that you need to respond to. And then we have options like uh, you can transfer this conversation to another agent or you can send photos or files, you know, PDFs or Excel, things like that. And one thing that a a lot of our customers do is, you know, you're constantly typing the same message over and over. So there'll be a lot of predefined content, uh, you know, just things that you're always going to be saying, like, hello, my name is Matthew. How can I help you today? Things like that. Uh, I was like, that, uh, that's actually pretty exciting. Um, like chat apps are, uh, are the rage. I want to say a lot of people are trying to implement uh, some sort of, you know, chat talking social aspect to a lot of their apps, um, especially in sort of this, you know, um, COVID world. I'm sort of curious, um, knowing that this is the requirements of your app, how or what sort of pushed you towards picking Xamarin as your choice of technology? 
So we actually did do a few POCs. Um, we, we looked at Flutter and we looked at React Native. Um, I actually ended up giving a, a talk at the Microsoft Alpharetta office uh, on Flutter uh, just because I had, you know, I wanted to share my experience with it. But the the team knew .NET, so it seemed like a, an easy win to to take that knowledge and not have to relearn a new language. And just, you know, I'm a, a huge fan of Xamarin. I've, I've been using Xamarin um, for a long time, and I've been doing XAML since, uh, you know, Silverlight. So there's definitely a lot of knowledge there. And, and, you know, like you alluded to, Matthew, we were talking about the story beforehand. I had been doing a, you know, not related to live person, just a, a side project a couple years ago. I wrote a, a Xamarin app and then... As I was releasing it to the App Store, I got a call from a, a health insurance company asking if they could buy it. And of course, I sold it to them. And with the money I got from that, it was actually enough uh, to, to buy a, a 67 Porsche. So, you know, <laughs> definitely appreciative to Xamarin for that. I actually printed out, had a metal manufacturer make the Xamarin logo into a grill badge for the the back of the car. So just, I mean, we love Xamarin. It's worked really well. You can just really build up apps very quickly without having to have the two different iOS and Android teams. And that gave us such a leg up when we had such a short time span to make the app. Yeah, I wanted to mention this, sorry. Um, So the time to market was very critical. So it's important um, that, that you serve Android and iOS, and um, I like it that that's a shared code base, so we don't have to work, have double of the effort, double double of the work to do there. And as Brett mentioned, it was a very, very, very tough uh, time frame because um, the business scaled up really, really massively, um, driven by by the shift to the to the messaging and closing of call centers. So we had to we had to deliver something very, very fast. But with in a high quality, so this was um, was a pretty perfect tool, and I'm happy that um, we worked in Xamarin before, so we had a pretty good head start. So we worked on a on a different app for the automotive um, division of Life Person before, so we could just transition over, get started, and get it going. And it was really really fast. I think it took six to eight weeks to, um, from from the idea to the release of the initial MVP product, and it was very very stable. No customer complaints. It just just worked. It was very very smoothly. So I was um, I was very very happy with the success. Wow, that is very fast. Six to eight weeks, and so I guess during that time, then did, were, were you using what what I'll call vanilla Xamarin forms, or did you have to go down and drop down and create any custom renders or anything? I guess what was did you did you I, run into any problems with Xamarin forms? I guess is the what the question I'm asking. Um, yeah, we, I wouldn't say problems. The, we use, um, web sockets for the communication. So, you know, obviously still rest APIs, but the, the actual real time communication is web sockets, which has worked fine for our, um, you know, the web based component. We, the agent app is the mobile side. And then on the web, we call it agent workspace. But on the mobile app, we found every time the app goes to the background, 
we have to kill the WebSocket connection or our backend service doesn't know to send push notifications. So then every time the app comes back to the foreground, we have to reestablish that WebSocket connection. And it's not a quick process. And then to make it even more fun, Xamarin doesn't support WebSockets. <laughs> so <laughs> the .NET framework does, but not mm -hmm. on Xamarin. So, you know, there is a WebSocket NuGet package, um, but it's not really up to date. I mean, it hasn't been published in several years and there's several forks of it, but you know, there's several forks of it and <laughs> each one of those has 30 or 40 open issues and several pull requests that haven't been responded to. So it's just, I mean, WebSockets is not a fun thing to do on Xamarin. Um, so that was our initial uh, of hiccup. And I, I think that took the first couple of weeks, I think. Um, but it, it uh, obviously it did eventually work. Uh, and, and we got it going. But other than that, I, I don't think we're using many, you know, custom iOS and Android renderers. Um, we had to use custom web views for uh, video. We're doing um, WebRTC for video. And so each of those requires a, a custom renderer. And um, we, we have a long press renderer. But that's, you know, that's that's a tiny little thing. Other than that, you know, you really get a lot of use out of just custom components in XAML. And it's it's not like it was a couple of years ago when you really had to drop down to the custom renderers. You, you just don't need to do that much anymore. Right, right. That was that was actually going to be my question. So since you've said there's not a lot of, uh, you know, native renderers or any custom renderers in each platform, um, and, and this is like... Um, so just I'm I'm guessing here. Feel free to correct me. So the UI, it's a chat UI. So we're talking about chat bubbles, avatar icons. Um, mm -hmm. I guess uh, profile pages. Um, so like, how was your experience? Uh, sort of having to design all these types of um, you know UI elements with forms. Uh, was it like? Did you enjoy the process? Did you use any of our fun new tooling? Hot reload, hot restart. How how was that? Okay, well, first of all, I cheated, and <laughs> I convinced Andreas to pay for SyncFusion. So we got, got the, the avatar view, and they actually have a chat control, which gives you the little rounded chat bubble icon and everything like that. So that saved us a ton of time. Um, really happy with their controls. Um, hot reload is amazing compared to <laughs> where it, I mean, the initial version of Xamarin Forms when it just had a couple of controls, um, Hot Reload came out and it was so frustrating. <laughs> um, and it's funny, you know, you, you said you're going to ask like my biggest issue with Xamarin. And um, I will say one of the biggest issues right now is we have hot reload, but only for XAML. And if you play around with React Native, they've got mm -hmm. hot reload for, you know, even the code, not just the UI. And we don't have that yet. You know, you, you change your view models and you got to restart the whole thing. But then you look at Maui and you're like, oh, OK, well, I can't really complain because it's coming. 
<laughs> I was just about to say that. Oh, so that's really cool, Brad. Um, so you mentioned there's video in there, which is really neat that you're doing, you know, real time video over the top. So that I assume that's all with the, you know, the, still the same deal where people can actually go and talk with agents as well. Um, they, they, that couldn't be easy. I, I've tried doing it's RTMP. You, you said it's WebRTC, and it was interesting because iOS doesn't support in iOS. Uh, let me see if I get this right. Uh, I've got a blog post up on it because um, it took us so much research. So iOS 12 does not support WebRTC at all. iOS 13 supports WebRTC, but only in Safari. So it's not supported in the UI web view. And of course, not in the WK web view at all. Um, but if you're trying to use WebRCT in a UI web view, you cannot use it. You have to use an SF Safari view controller. But the problem with that is you don't really get the events in SF Safari view controller. And the default, you know, um, the view when you use Xamarin Essentials and then open the SF Safari view controller is it's full screen. So when we're doing video calling, we really don't have nearly as much control over the application at that point as we'd like to. And one of the main feature requests we get is, okay, this is awesome. We can do video. The, the use case we get is, uh, you know, we've got this major telecom provider and a lot of their stores right now are either in lockdown or just, you know, limited capacity. So they have a customer message in, and you can show them the phones over video. And then they, you know, once the customer says, yeah, I love that phone, I want to come in and buy it, then great. But they want to be able to show the phone in a video and also still continue to chat with the customer. And they can't do that because the, the phone's locked out by video. There's no keyboard access. There's no little text message box. And on Android, we can do that. We can show half and half. On iOS, there's, there's just no way to do that. Um, and we think think we can get around that in the future, but we're, we're not quite sure. It's it's a very tricky thing to do. Um, and maybe in iOS 15, we'll get WebRTC support and UI WebView, but you just, uh, you never know with Apple. And the thing is with the WebRTC, um, we, <clears throat> we have a video service um, inside the conversational cloud and it was important to have it as friction-free as possible. So an agent needs to be able to work on the agent workspace, which is the desktop version. On the mobile, use the same service. Every conversation goes into the same data store. And on, from the customer side, it's important that there's no app to download, nothing. And it should be agnostic of any device. So you press the button, you chat with the agent, or you message with the agent. And then at some point, the agent wants to show you, let's say, the phone. And he can invite you easily, very, very seamlessly into a video conversation. You you accept for privacy reasons. You grant the access. But that's it. No install, no third-party components, nothing. doesn't matter if it's iPhone or or Android. And that, that was kind of the, the tricky part. But for us, it was very, very important. It's a, it's a seamless, very smooth customer experience. And for the agent, they use the same same way to initiate the conversations on the desktop and on the mobile device. That's awesome. Um 
I really, I love it when um, companies always try to like sort of create that seamless, you know, transition between their products. And I'm pretty sure all your customers uh, really appreciate the effort that's being put into this. Um, so Brad, you mentioned uh, for this particular video player uh, use case. So you have a blog post already with your initial, um, I guess, findings. Is the plan as you try and fix the second half of the problem, can we expect more blog posts on how the rest of the community can do this? Yeah, Andreas has been really supportive of sharing knowledge. So I've been trying to write blog posts as we've been learning, you know, things like this about WebRTC. And um, I've got one about a security change. Um, there's a, a default setting in Xamarin for, I forget what it was, some, some Android HTTP setting that our security team thought should be changed. Um, but then also things like we use Flurry for analytics. And, you know, we needed to create the, um, you know, the native bindings because they didn't have a Xamarin SDK. So <laughs> we created NuGet packages for us to use internally. And we thought, you know what, we might as well publish these so that anybody else that wants to use this and is using Xamarin can, can do that. Uh, and so we're in the process of we've already got a live person GitHub. We might as well publish live person NuGet packages for these things. So we're going to do that for that. And then we're also going to publish a live person API. Uh, I'm sorry, live person SDK to use our, our messaging for Xamarin. That's awesome. That's so good. Matt, look, who says, like, I mean, not who says, I keep telling everybody I meet how awesome the Xamarin community is. Like, just look at this. So great. I also say that all the time, Sweeky, is that Xamarin has one of the best communities. I mean, you just have to go back to Evolve a couple of years ago and see how passionate that was. Mm -hmm. And we have people putting on their Porsches Xamarin logos on the grill. I mean, <laughs> that's passionate. <laughs> and no, but is it? <laughs> and the cool thing is Xamarin developers drive Porsches. That's another good success. <laughs> I mean, this is great, great. That's the key, though. Yeah, Xamarin developers can drive Porsches. <laughs> but it, it totally is, is that when we see um, companies being supportive of the open source world and be able to put um, packages that their employees have worked on for when I'm going to put air quotes around real work and be able to support the community that way, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the whole Xamarin uh, ecosystem, though, is better for it. And so I mean, thank you, Brad and Andreas, for being for doing that. Xamarin folks like to help other Xamarin folks out. Yep, yep. I'm low-key kind of just feeling like I, I, I have tons of stickers on my laptops and have badges on my bag. Nothing compares to a Porsche grill. So I'm just trying to um, up my game, as one yeah. could say. <laughs> Uh, Brad, you need to send it, send in a photo of it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, watch out for this space. Sweeky comes back with some amazing new swag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I guess, Brad, what are you, we, we might have touched on it already, but what are you most proud of for this whole application that you built up in six to eight weeks, which is amazing in itself, but. The, the timeline, definitely, I, I think I'm, I'm proud of. Um, it was a lot of work and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were very tired at the end of it, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got a lot of support from, from Andreas and just from live person as a whole. Um, you know, they, they paid for my meals during that, that six to eight weeks. It's a very, very supportive company. 
um, it was, you know, it was fun. It, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. I got to say, um, very proud of the video, just figuring out the technical challenges like that. I, I always really love a, a technical challenge that you can just sink your teeth into. And it was also one of those things where, you know, like Andrea said in the beginning, we, we run a lot of microservices. So it was one of those things where you have to talk with the Seattle team and find out how the back-end service works. And then you have to talk to the Germany team and find out how the video service works. And then you have to figure out how you're going to do your end. Uh, and I'm here in Atlanta. So you've got, you know, all these multiple time zones going on, and it's all these different Slack meetings. And that makes it interesting. It's not just the technology, but it's the the people. Um and I, I was proud of that, that we got it working. And it's one of the more popular features because it's one of those things that you can only do on mobile. You can't on desktop pick up an application and show a customer, you know, here's our phone or here's our fridge and then walk around it and sell them that product. And to echo what, what Brad says, um, what was really amazing for me was, was the teamwork within the company. So you have these service owners. So one owner owns the video service. So we went there and say, hey, we want to implement it into the mobile phone. And we hit several several issues um, or just, just impediments. I wouldn't call it issues. So something has to be modified there. And they just worked with us. Um, they debugged it. We, we were playing around. They said, okay, yeah, tomorrow you get in the release. Let, let, let's figure it out. Okay, we checked, we, we tried. So it was a very, very great teamwork besides their normal day they work for for fulfilling the roadmap they were modifying and adopting the video service so it can work with um with a web rtc view on the mobile phone this was really really cool and the other thing um was really exciting is we just had we had the mobile developer team but we need to have a very very solid qa team and a qa plan so we were just reaching out and asking for help, and nearly right away we got help from from a great team in Israel. Um, and our company said, "Hey, yeah, we're gonna do it." Um, and we and you have a test plan? Ah, oh, no, not yet. Okay, I'm gonna write one. So <laughs> it was was really really hand in hand, and it was awesome to see that people um, were really passionate about it. So there was a lot of workload, as I said, on top of the normal day work they did it after hours, they did on the weekends, but we all had a lot of fun and then the outcome is really, really speaking for itself. So I think we had one bug discovered by a customer and was a smaller one, but that's it. So it was, was really, really cool. So no, no, that's not my job kind of thing. Everybody was so excited. Everybody was working on it in their, in their free time and to make it happen. And I was very, very pleased to see this commitment and, Everybody did it because they wanted. So starting with Brad, for sure, he was the he was the role model for it and showing. And this 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 caused some kind of um, traction and just motivated the other people to to go 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 there. And as I said, they had a lot of fun and everybody's really really proud of it. So that was my kind of success. My 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 thing. I'm really proud of it. it's it's the people, the people in the company, the teamwork, the spirit. It was really really cool. For sure. What's it? Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Um, That's right. 100% true. 
Yeah, I also just want to shout out. I love the fact that you guys have a solid QA plan that, you know, you came up with it and you QA'd it. I'm a sucker for a great testing story. So you get you get my extra thumbs up for that. Thank you. Sweeky is like the expert on testing. I personally haven't written a unit test in my life. So <laughs> good I job. I am the expert. I'm more of that annoying voice at the back of your head that reminds you. <laughs> Hey, have you written a test or this will hurt you later on? (laughs) Well, speaking about that, though, Brad, did you guys write a whole suite of unit tests? I mean, what was the plan uh, for that? So uh, we rely on App Center a lot. Um, I I will say we probably don't have as many as Sweeky would like (laughs) (laughs) or even Andreas. yeah, but it, it has saved us already. I, I do remember we had one point where everything was running fine as far as the developers were concerned. And App Center started complaining and refused to build. So we've got a, a complete CI CD pipeline where uh, when we check in to the dev branch, you know, we check in through a, a um, you know, GitHub flow. So we'll create a branch where request a PR, App Center will do its thing test on a virtual device and then say, yeah, you're good to, to merge. And then we dev, we merge from there into the master branch. Um, and then if that goes well, then that goes off to the uh, App Store and Play Store. And so it actually stopped and App Center said, no, this isn't running on a physical device. And it turned out there had been a Android update and it worked fine all the way up to the physical device and for some reason it was causing the app to crash on start worked fine for some reason on all of our devices when we ran in debug mode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it it saved us just by having that xamarin ui test project Uh, and we were able to figure it out before we deployed to you know it would have gone just to the the test environment and then qa would have caught it but still it's it's always nice to catch it before it gets to that point 100 percent, 100 percent. yes ui test saves the day yeah (laughs) (laughs) the the next step for us is our qa engineer is saying you know how do i learn how to write the tests for app center She's like, it would save so much time if I'm the one writing those. And then all these manual tests that I'm doing, I can just automate half of my job. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty big on quality and, and, and security stuff. So um, that, that's really interesting. And, 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 and test automation. I have one story which is kind of related, where, which was eye-opening to me when before we released. Um, so... We, we had to make sh- we, we wanted to make and had to make sure the quality is at, at the standards they have to be so enterprise great quality we couldn't sacrifice any 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 quality or release something which is which is not thoroughly tested and the second thing is we couldn't sacrifice the security so that was another cool thing we we hired an external security testing company who tiered the whole thing apart and what 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 they found initially we get the report saying huh this is a little bit picky maybe but let, let's hop on a call and explain so they were explaining ways how security could be breached when when you store credentials um 
in, in the keychain and things like that. And they even showed it. And I was curious to say, hey, show me, show me how this works. And it was incredible. I've never seen how people do the security test. And also this company, we told them, hey, in two weeks, you need to get it done. But you need to get it done very, very carefully. And I said, yeah, okay, we're going to do it. So very, very cool company. I think well, the company was called AppSec, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very cool. This was very, very eye-opening. So learned a lot. And security is one thing that you never want to, I guess, miss out on because everything's cool until you miss it, and then <laughs> everything yeah. is very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was no way to release it without the blessing from the internal security team and the an external testing company, which uh, which is really appreciated. So it was 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 pretty good. Very very interesting. So, so Brad, what's next for the app? I mean, are you guys still iterating on it or? We are. So the initial version was, you know, see your conversations, respond to conversations. Um, you know, the, the very basics of what an agent needs, uh, you know, the, the call center employee. But on the web experience, there's a lot more features. They have the ability to see the call center analytics, see how their agents are doing, view the status of a queue, um, manage the employees, um, and even look at, you know, we have a lot of AI functionality, a lot of bot functionality, things like that. So uh, our goal is to reach feature parity with the web version and how we're going to do that because, you know, there's not a ton of real estate on a phone is... We're working towards when you log in on a tablet, it shows you a lot more experience. Um, so that's our roadmap is just feature parity. Do you feel like with the recent updates uh, with Xamarin, uh, with all the new community toolkit stuff, are you feeling uh, empowered, inspired for these upcoming features you're going to add? Yeah, I think so. The, the upgrade for us from... Uh, 4.8 to 5 wasn't too bad. We were using both of the experimental features for uh, Media and Expander, so we had to, to rename those. Gotcha. It, it, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. We hear mixed uh well, I'm not going to say mixed. I hear certain types of stories, but good to hear your transition was great. Um <laughs> So are you planning on moving up to Maui as soon as you can, or are you going to take a wait-and-see approach? You know, I don't know that we'll do it as soon as we can, but I really don't like, um, you know, delaying. The The problem with delaying is if you wait too long, then you get in this situation where it's been six months and now you've got, you know, this backlog of, okay, I've got 37 NuGet packages and I need to update them all. And that's a very dangerous position to be in. It's just... It, yeah, I, I think we'll update as, as soon as we reasonably can. Um, and from what I can tell, it's, you know, it, it seems scary because you're going from Xamarin Forms to Maui. But I think it's less scary if you think of it as I'm going from 5.0 to 6. And, and then it's not as bad. So I, I think what we'll do is we'll do POCs as the, the Maui early releases come out. And then we'll kind of gauge how well it goes. Uh, and then hopefully it won't be too bad for us. Right. And as you go, and this goes for all our listeners too, is um, let us know how your POCs are going and, you know, 
Ping David Ortnow on Twitter. He loves to hear oh, yeah. all the feedback. <laughs> and on GitHub too. So I mean, just let us know how it's going. And you know, and we the feedback helps more than anything. For so. sure. For sure. I uh, actually just for David, I have a fun question for both Brad and Andreas. What would you be what like I'm I'm your genie, I give you one wish you get to ask David. What would you want to see in Maui? Oh, can I? <laughs> Just one. I, I don't want him to else? hate me. <laughs> <laughs> that's valid. That's valid. Andreas, what about you? Uh, that's very hard to say. I'm more a people person, so I would love to have a have a clone bread button in there. So I have clone <laughs> bread. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David, you have it from your from your favorite customers. That's what they want. Well, Brad and Andreas, thank you so much for joining us. And Sweeky, thank you as always. This is this has been a really fun episode. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This has been the Xamarin Podcast. Oh, 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 o